What's up, sales culture? I'm Joe Lemon, and welcome back to the podcast. And for those that don't know, we are a small podcasting agency that really focuses on helping startups, entrepreneurs, personal brands really try to launch episodes so they can try to connect with people faster, just doing, you know, having basic conversations. And um, I'm finally back to health. So uh, I was out this whole week. I was supposed to be in Denver, had to cancel that whole trip. And um, I think all things kind of work out for or all things happen for a reason. And I'm glad I was able to kind of stay back home in L.A. for a week after running around in Vegas the previous week and having to go to Indy later on this month for the NFL combine meetings. So with that said, I got, you know, I had had to give us part two. If you haven't listened to the first conversation with Steve Gordon, man, it was lights out. We talked everything about how you can systematically roll out a nice podcast series without burning yourself out, right? Because everybody's into this, you know, content creation like wheel where you just have to create 20 and 30 and 40 pieces a day so you can try to stay on top of these apps algorithms which is almost impossible and most people get burned out by it and so you and so what happens is that you have these sprinters right that you that you start off very strong and then you phase out and the message along the way is lost because there wasn't a nice cohesive way to go about it notice what i'm up to these days as well but even with sales culture i'm not doing a whole bunch of posting i just want to be really you know i want to be more like a sniper with my with the actual um, marketing message that we want to put out. So we're going to be doing a lot more smaller series. This is episode 100. So, you know, I got to give a big hats off to us for getting to the 100, 100 mark crotching and actually crossing that line. It's a major accomplishment for me there. I also got another uh, 90 episodes on the Real Value Exchange, so I'm not slacking. <laughs> but, but you know, um, a couple of things that I think you guys want to gather from today's conversation with Steve. And it was lights out too. So don't, you guys have, tuned in to like something special here so during this conversation he's going to be talking about everything about really like challenge yourself to think a little bit like how many clients do you need to really have a killer year like how many clients do you really honestly need especially if you're a service business or if you're selling products how many products do you have to move how many clients do you need to have on the roster for this to be one of the best years possible and it's something that I started doing a long time ago. And you really start mapping backwards to make sure that you have enough people in your pipeline. But what you'll probably realize, unless you're selling something that's like a, you know, a highly transactional type of business where you need to move a whole bunch of widgets or you got some very low margin type of type of products that you're selling. If you, if you don't have that, you might not need to move hundreds of thousands of products. And you might only need 10 real customers to reach a million dollars. I don't know. I don't know your actual back end parts of your business, but you do and or you should. And so therefore, try to map back towards that. And that's what Steve is really getting to throughout this conversation, right? Is that we're going to have a much more in-depth conversation about, you know, media and not just spending a lot of time of online and just getting lost in that religion that people <laughs> that people get lost on with Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn ads. No, get me wrong. I run them. They're great. But at some point, you got to make sure that there's a proper ROI attached to that ad dollar that you're, that you're putting out there because the whole future of this game is more pay to play. So with that said, guys, I know you guys are going to love this. Sit back and enjoy this conversation with Steve Gordon from the Unstoppable CEO. I mean, most everybody's playing checkers, right? So if we stop a little bit and, and think about what we're trying to do and then start playing chess, it's the, the whole game is easier and more than that, 
you start, you know, you literally are playing a different game than anyone else, which means there's no competition. Right. And I, I'm a big believer in, in the idea that, that, you know, we don't have competition. Yes, there are other companies that do the specific things that we do, but we've worked really hard to, as much as possible, create a monopoly among the prospects that we want to do business with. And, um, and so some of these are the ways that we do it. But, um, yeah, I, I think you want to be playing a different game. If you're playing the game that everybody else is playing, that means somebody else set the rules, and that's just stupid. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it you, is. you want to set the rules and play your own game. Thousand percent. I mean, you know, I have a couple questions here because you gave us a lot of a lot of good information off that off that last segment, the last piece there. And, and, and you know, when it comes to being a, let me start at the top here. When it comes to being a CEO, how important is it, especially over like a straight service business, that you're the face of the business? Do you think that is mandatory, or is that just something that's, uh, it's not needed? I mean, what's your, what's your uh, take on that? I, so I, I think there's a, a tremendous advantage in as the leader of the business being the face of the business because it allows you to put personality with the business Mm -hmm. and you know, people desperately want to connect with other people and buy from people. Yeah. And so, I mean, even, even really successful big companies do it, you know, I mean, Apple, everybody likes to point to Apple, but Apple's a great example of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So first with Steve jobs and, and now Tim Cook's starting to come into that. Um, where the CEO has kind of that, that personality that we all attach to that business. Uh, he sort of embodies the personality of the company. Yeah. And, um, and even in a much smaller business, to me, I think it's, it's almost essential in a smaller business, which is why I think you see so many people doing it because I mean, it's the one thing that none of your competitors can copy. They can't be you. There's only one. And so to the extent that you can use that personality, um, I I think there's huge advantage in it. And I think that the companies that don't do it, and we've got a client right now who the the CEO has just said, look, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to do it. And I said, well, that's totally fine. I mean, it's not like you're not going to be successful if you don't do this, but just know that you're giving away what could be a big advantage. And and that's fine. It's a business decision, but understand that that it is a big advantage to be able to use that personality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, to me, it's, it seems like, cause again, everybody has competition, right. And whether it's a direct competition or whether somebody else just has a, you know, alternative service around it. I mean, it, it's becoming a lot harder for us to try to differentiate our, our actual companies and brands. So, but people, you know, that's an automatic, it's an automatic separator. So yeah. Yeah. That was my actual thoughts on it, but all right. So let me kind of go down the ladder a little bit here as salespeople and as marketers, right? How important is it for us to also be a part of that personal branding game? Is it needed? Or do you think that's something that's, that can be, um, you know, handed off to the CEO? Um, I, you know, I, I really do think that there's benefit in, uh, in creating that for yourself as a salesperson. Um, you know, yeah, there's benefit to the company, but more importantly, there's benefit to you long-term in your career. I mean, we're, we're not at a place anymore where you're likely to be at the same company for your entire career. Um, if you were, then maybe it wouldn't have as much benefit, but if we're being realistic about it, you're going to be somewhere else at some point in the not too distant future. Mm -hmm. And, 
to the extent that you can create a personal brand, you, you increase your own value. And so, you know, whenever people talk about creating personal brands, what do you think the, the biggest hurdle is here? Well, most people just aren't doing it. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that a lot of that comes from fear, you know, cause you gotta, to, to create a personal brand by, by its very nature, you've got to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I struggled with it early on when I, so, you know, I, I had a bit of a, you know, a personal brand. The, the term didn't exist at the time, but in my first business, um, you know, in that industry within, um, the area where we operated here in Florida, um, you know, I, I had created uh, a reputation and authority and, you know, was very well known and was a leader in the industry. Uh, there's value in that, you know, um, I shoot, I could, I could probably attach at least $6 million in sales just to the fact that I had created that leadership uh, perception within the industry. Um, you know, and then as I pivoted into a brand new industry where I really didn't, I didn't have a lot of credentials. I had a lot of good experience, you know, from, you know, using marketing in, in our first business. Um, but, you know, it's not like I had a marketing degree or anything, um, you know, so starting to get out there and put out there, put myself out there, you know, there was a lot of fear around that, you know, what if somebody's going to find me out that, you know, really I'm a recovering, uh, you know, engineer and technical person that uh, that's now doing this. Uh, I don't have that so much anymore because I've been doing it for a decade you know, and, uh, you sort of get used to the risk of, of, um, exposing yourself to, to criticism. Mm. Um, you know, I was going and looking at, at book reviews yesterday. I, every now and then I'll just check them just to see how many book reviews are on my books on Amazon. And I noticed we got, you know, recently somebody that, that, uh, wasn't happy with the book and, uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but that, that's just the nature of things. Right. And, and, you read that, it hurts a little bit, you know, I don't care who you are, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause you, you know, you kind of put your heart and soul into something and somebody didn't, you know, didn't connect with them. So that I think is the biggest challenge with it and why most people don't do it. Um, you know, once you decide to, to do it, so like you're doing the podcast now, right? You're creating the relationships, you know, on the front end, it's, you know, the, the, the value that you're going to get out of, of all of this personal branding is really going to be in now, how do I follow up and, and maintain those relationships over time? Um, you know, everybody's astonished that, you know, when I tell them we, we send a, a print newsletter out, I'll be perfectly honest with you. That is the laziest possible thing I could do. <laughs> That's why I do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, it, I have to write one thing. Yeah. You know, it's not very long and I'm, you know, at this stage, I, I'm actually pretty good at, at writing that stuff and I got to write one thought and I send it to my team who gets it out the door mm -hmm. and it goes to, you know, several hundred people. So, uh, it, it really is the laziest possible thing I could do to keep those relationships, but it works great. Yeah. Well, I think, I think is 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 you zigging once everyone else is zagging, right? I mean, I mean, because everyone's going digital, everybody has the email and I don't know how many newsletters I get in my, in my inboxes, you know, on, on a daily basis. I mean, there's at least a good five to six, at least, I mean, daily. So, I, and you know, I signed up, I chose to be a part of and everything else, but still, 
it's, it gets overwhelming. So no one's sending me anything through the mail. They aren't. I mean, and I'd imagine that the cost is probably going down a little bit too on that. I, I can imagine over time. So it's probably a much better um, buy for a lot of people too, a much better value add. Well, costs are actually go up a little bit, mostly because of postage. Um, uh, although printing costs are down. I mean, printing, to, uh, particularly if you're doing color or anything like that, mm-hmm. are down from what they used to be. But um, postage always creeps up a little bit. But I'm not mailing to 10,000 people. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm mailing to, a, you know, a few hundred people who are really high value. Yes. Um, you know, and as I said, two of those relationships turned into webinar presentations already this year. Um, and I know we'll do at least a dozen this year or probably, you know, 20, um, you know, I'm going to spend what some people would spend in a week on Facebook ads, nurturing these relationships and generate just as many leads. Yeah. Because they're much higher, higher quality of that relationship lead. Right. I mean, I mean, so, you know, and, and we're getting ready to kind of wind down here, but I mean, I want to talk about the future of this industry and, and I want to t- press a little bit harder into your business right now, Unstoppable CEO, because, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue with us and say a referral marketing um, or even word of mouth is the best way to go, right? I mean, with all the high touch, high, well, I should say high tech type of tools that we have out there. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to kind of argue with us that if, you're, if your friend calls you up and said, hey, you know, you, you really got to talk to Steve that they're not going to at least check you out online first and maybe do some homework about you. Right. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, please talk about your business a little bit and kind of how you guys help people um, find those referrals. Yeah. So, you know, the, the people that we really want to be a hero to are, um, you know, are those service business owners who are really great at what they do. And um, you know, they, they may not either enjoy or feel like they're particularly good at, marketing themselves and um, you know, or maybe they just don't have the time, you know, because they're servicing their clients. And so, you know, we come in and and we've got a system that, you know, we know works and we've got um, a team that'll implement all of that for them. And, and typically a podcast is kind of the centerpiece because it's a very easy way for us to get, you know, get content out of their heads without them having to do a lot of work and uh, also for them to build these relationships um, that, you know, that can lead to more business for them. And, um, you know, and so, so that's kind of the, the, the high level view of what we do. Um, and, and I think probably one of the best ways to, to kind of wrap your head around that is, um, you know, with an example, one of our clients came to us over the summer and he's got a, uh, a virtual CFO business. So this is like a business that's really hard. It's kind of like accounting, you know, and he's trying to sell that. Um, and, and we, t- we tend to work with, with, you know, businesses where people, people don't wake up in the morning and, and want to buy what they're selling. Like nobody got out of the, their bed that morning and said, I want to hire a virtual CFO, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, um, and so it's a, it's a challenging sale. And what we did with him is we created a podcast we identified strategically a list of guests for him to go invite. And, you know, we, we got him hooked up with the, you know, with those guests through an outreach process. And, um, you know, he did the interviews. He had that little conversation like we talked about. He turned those into opportunities to do webinars for the audiences of about out of, I think the first nine interviews, he did seven webinars generated, you know, 
I don't know, I think three or 400 leads and, and out of that landed, um, you know, right away landed eight clients. Wow. And he said, well, that was my two biggest months ever in the business, you know? And so, you know, for some people, they're going to think, Oh God, I, like I, I got to get eight clients like this week. That's my quota. Um, the stuff that we do, we're really focused on working with people who are trying to get the very high value few. And that's where a lot of these tactics, you know, can work. So referrals are great if you do them in a systematic way and you're going after the really high value few. And most often, you know, the, the types of businesses that are selling at that higher dollar level and, you know, they need dozens versus thousands of clients in a year, you know, referrals may be all that they need. And I see people messing around with cold outreach and, and, you know, Facebook ads and funnels and all this other stuff when, you know, they're trying to do the things that would, would bring in the thousand clients, the thousand low value clients, and they're not doing the things that would really bring in the, the few very high value clients, you know, where you need that extra relationship. And so I think you've got to step back and, and really get clear about what is it you're really trying to achieve? Like how many clients do you actually need for this to be a breakout year for you? And if it's, if it's a high number, then yeah, you're going to have to do some of those other approaches. You probably should still have referrals in place as well. Cause that's going to make your life a lot easier. Right. But, um, but for the vast majority of the businesses in the world, they are on that very high value and very low number needed to be successful end of the spectrum. You know, they're running around posting on LinkedIn and doing crazy stuff like that. Like, you know, there's a place for that, but that's probably not where you're going to get your next six figure contract. Man. You, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things that I've been talking to people about a lot recently is the fact that, you know, the amount of content has gotten to a place where it's, it's absurd. You know, like the algorithms are hacking away at us. You only see a piece of it. You don't see all of it, but there's so people are trying to get 20, 30 posts a day out on multiple platforms. I'm just like, if you don't have a team working with you full time, where there's an ROI attached to it, where it's going to make sense behind it. Right. Um, it, it, you aren't going to be able to keep it up. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be here today and gone tomorrow type of activity. So, you know, What's your thoughts on the whole future of this business when it comes to prospecting and, and, and really trying to get people to, uh, to kind of focus in, I guess? Or what's your, what's your I think it's going to continue to get more difficult online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've kind of come through, uh, I, I call it the Wild West era <laughs> of online marketing, right? Yes. Where there really weren't any rules, but if you could figure out how to make something work and you could be opportunistic with it, um, then you could do really, really well. And you saw a lot of that, um, you know, really working well up until probably the last two or three years. Yeah. And, um, and that was because the algorithms that ran the search engines and the algorithms that ran the ad platforms weren't all that sophisticated. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't account for people gaming the system the way that human beings will naturally want to game, game the system for their own gain. Nothing wrong with that, right? But now those platforms are getting much more sophisticated with it. That coupled with the fact that they're maturing to the point where they got to produce revenue. So, you know, the content that you're posting to try and get organically to spread, that 
not only is that incredibly difficult to do now, unless you have a really big following, it's going to get increasingly difficult because it's not in the interest of any of the platforms, the social media platforms to, to spread your information unless you pay them. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to pay up, you know, it's going to be a pay to play thing. That's okay. I mean, that's kind of the nature of the way business has been for all of time. You know, you want to get a message out, you got to pay to get it out. Right. Um, you know, and the costs are coming up to the point where um, you really have to question, is that the best medium? And everybody gets, every, I think everybody takes the wrong view of, of all this online stuff. They think that that's because it's new, that it is somehow the, the superior way to go. It's mm. a form of media. It's a valid form of media, but so is direct mail, which we've talked about, you know, in for the right kind of business. So is the radio and the right kind of business. So is TV, the right kind of business. So is, you know, print advertising. I got one client who produces their own print magazine quarterly and kills it. Wow. You know? And so I, it's just another form of media. And I, I think to give it any more importance or weight than that really begins to, to impact your decision-making you're looking for how can I acquire a customer for the, the least amount of money? You know, how can I create the most profit when I acquire a customer? And it might be online and it might not. You know, but we've, we've turned online marketing into, into a mini religion sometimes. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, it's true though, you know, because a lot of times people like to be the first and they know all the latest and greatest as if that's going to translate to business results. I mean, yeah. It may, but a lot of times it doesn't, right? You're just the first one there, which is, which is, which is fine if that's what you just love to do as a hobby. But um, I think when we're trying to grow businesses and have some impact, I think we got to really think about how you're talking, which is- well, uh, Yeah, and I think one, one really important question to ask is, is it worth, however you're going to do that, is it worth the investment of, of time and energy? So the, everybody tends to look at the, the monetary investment on any kind of marketing, right? And the, you, you always are investing three things, time, energy, and money. And there's a cost to, to the time and energy investment as well. Uh, you could spend the time doing something else, right? So it can translate into money and the energy certainly can impact in, in other areas. So you gotta ask yourself, is it worth all of that? One of the things that we found, we used to do a lot of uh, Facebook advertising and, and it worked relatively well for us up until a few years ago, which is what I hear from a lot of people. Yep. And then we got into the situation where we were spending a tremendous amount of time and energy just trying to stay on top of how the platform was changing, just to stay on par. And, um, and I know that that's kind of the, you know, that's that game. And if you want to be in that game, great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a choice. But, um, you know, but it's worth questioning, is it worth having to spend all your time staying on top of the changes to the platform or can you find another medium? One of the reasons we use direct mail so much is that, uh, number one, I, I've been using it for a long time and, and we're fairly good at it. But two, it doesn't change over time very much. You know, the things that we do today in direct mail are the same things that we did 10 years ago. There's nothing new to learn. Once we get a winning piece, we can generally mail it for years. It's not like I've got to come up with new ad copy every week, you know, which will drive you crazy on Facebook, right? So, uh, you know, and the other platforms are no different. So, um, so I, I think that's the thing. It's not that there's, it's not that any of these are right or wrong, but we've gotten into the situation where we, 
we've almost turned some of these things into a religion. And, and I think you've got to ask yourself, is it really worth the investment? Is there an ROI? And if the answer is yes, then man, by all means, go and do it. But ask the question and, and ask it with eyes wide open to all of the, the costs that are involved. Man, I love that, man. And you know what? You definitely sound like a straight engineer right there. <laughs> Opportunity costs all day, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, but no, but you know what? I think it's a, I think it's a great insight. And you know, so please tell everybody what's next for your business and then please tell them how, how to find you as well. Yeah. So, um, well, what's next for us is, uh, you know, we've been growing like crazy over the last year. We're going to continue that this year, I hope. And, um, we're, we're continuing to work with, uh, the, the types of, of, uh, expert, you know, service businesses that, that I described earlier and helping them get their marketing done. You know, when the business owner doesn't really want to spend all their time marketing, um, that's kind of the mission that we're on. Um, and so the best place for folks to, to find out, you know, about us and, um, and check us out is actually to go to our site and we've, uh, Joe, we've set up a, a page just for your listeners. So if they go to unstoppableceo.net slash sales culture, unstoppableceo.net slash sales culture. Um, what we've done is we've set up a page where they can get a free copy of my book, the exponential network strategy. So we talked a lot about how to use podcasting as a networking tool and they can go, that book basically will give you the blueprint for doing it. And you can get uh, an audio video and an ebook version of it for free right there. Um, and we've also posted up there a guide to pre-selling prospects so that by the time you're in a sales meeting, they're already predisposed to doing business with you. And, uh, and then finally, if, if anybody wants to, you know, have a conversation and, you know, um, learn more about what we're doing, then uh, they can book a call there. There's a link to do it. Steve, I mean, you are literally practicing what you preach. That's phenomenal. Thanks so much for having that whole page set up for, for our whole um, audience. I'll definitely email blast out to everyone as well. Um, because I, I think having more and more voices around helping people understand that you don't have to get lost on Facebook ads. You don't have to pay out, you know, 50 bucks a slot for like LinkedIn ads as well, or, or whatever that latest next trend is, TikTok, whatever else is happening. <laughs> we're going to want you to throw ad money. There's a great space where you can talk to your friends and just kind of build businesses the way that they've always been built, <laughs> right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, well, Steve, I've really, and just like that, guys, it's a wrap. And just like I said, I mean, Steve is lights out as always. Dropped a ton of value on you guys. I'm sure you guys will um, be able to kind of go back through and pick out some different strategies that you can start deploying for your own personal brands or for your business. And check out his book. He has a great book on there. It's a free It's a free book for you to go download. It's called The Podcasting Prospecting Book. I'm going to dive into it myself. Podcasting is one of the things I love to do. But, man, there's so many different ways that you can play with podcasting just to engage people. It's a great icebreaker is how I always kind of look at it. And so I have all the links to the show notes. Um, <laughs> flip that. I have all the links in the show notes so you guys can go download everything there. Until next time, tell a friend about the podcast so they can tell a friend about the podcast because that's how these things get found and you guys be phenomenal.